Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. When he ran away, he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Father, have your way one more time. Remove me and place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. And let he that has an ear, let him hear. Father, let faith arise and let our enemies be scattered. Lord, we give you all the glory, the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. We all said? Amen. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell him, stop running. Then you may be seated. Some of you just took that as a word from the Lord where you're like, see, I knew I wasn't supposed to work out. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. No, everything within its context, amen? Don't take things out of context. If you were here last week, we had a great time. We talked about how last week there is a festival that the Jews celebrate called Yom Kippur. Everyone say Yom Kippur. Say Yom Kippur. Now hopefully you had heard about that prior to uh, last Sunday, but if you had not, Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year for the, uh, for the people of the Jewish customs, those of Jewish living, and those that have that also understanding as well, and even those who have been adopted into it, which is us, and it is the Day of Atonement. Now, what I found in this Day of Atonement that they have, where it's a, it's a fasting for 24 hours, or should I say 25 hours that they're fasting, uh, that you would think, it, it's funny because it's under the category of festivals, and usually in celebrations and festivals, uh, you eat. You eat a whole lot. Uh, matter of fact, I think that a lot of Mexicans are Jews because whenever they're like, they don't just give them any reason. Oh, it's my one-year-old's birthday. All right, everybody's eating. Like. She's only one years old, but nevertheless, that's the biggest pot of menudo I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's the same for the Jews. Their customs, they do the same thing. When they celebrate, they celebrate. And they go all out. They break stuff. They move stuff. We're going here. We're doing this. I mean, it's just, they go all out. But in this festival, it's actually the complete opposite. We're going to celebrate by fasting. Not going to eat. Now, you're probably saying, well, that's not much of a festival. Actually, it is. In this festival, what I found, there was one part of this festival that really got me as I was studying it, and that is in Yom Kippur, they recite the whole book of Jonah. Now, really quickly, when I say that word whole book, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's, lo- it's actually just a few verses. It's not that many verses. I think it's like 46, 47 verses total of four chapters. So they recite the whole thing in the temple, and they read it all. So I found that as they looked at this book said what is so special about this book of Jonah now Yom Kippur it's about and we talked about this last week and I'm going to just share real quick Uh, number one to talk about forgiveness awareness in other words being aware that God has forgiven you of your sins not just within the whole year but within your life God has forgiven you tell your neighbor God forgave you In other words, think about this question. Where would you be had God not touched your life? 
Where would you be? And that's what the Day of Atonement is all about. Being aware that God has touched you. Being aware that God has changed you. Being aware that without God, you would be lost. And for many of us, we would be bound. Also in this day, it's a focus of prayer, repentance, and also acts of righteousness. Being able to be aware of God, not just in temple, not just in church, but also be aware of God when you're at the supermarket. Being aware of God when you're at your families. Being aware of God God when you're at the movie theaters. Being aware of God everywhere that you go. In other words, God is not just here in church, but he's also there when you're on your way to work. And when you're aware of that, it changes the way you live. Because usually if you're uh, like myself and you get stuck in traffic, you kind of get this boiling blood, or maybe that's just me. I cannot stand traffic. I think God should have put, or, or, or Paul should have wrote a verse about, and when you're stuck in traffic, I'd be like, amen. Because, man, when I get stuck in traffic, I'm just like, Lord, help me right now. But many times, when you're stuck in traffic, you don't think about God at that moment. You're thinking about, oh, you did not just cut me off. I'm going to lay hands on you in the name of Mike Tyson, right? That's what you think about He's like, I can't do this. But see, in this Day of Atonement, it's allowing you to understand, no, 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 no. God is not just here when you're quiet. God is also there when you want to get loud. That you got to be aware of God all throughout your life, not just in the solemn moments. And in this, we begin to see this man by the name of Jonah. He's a prophet. And as we explore Jonah, and we talked about last week, and one of the points that I talked about last week is that Jonah is the epitome of a runner. Now, when you get an opportunity, read the book of Jonah. It's a powerful, powerful book from beginning to end. You can read it in probably less than three minutes. It won't take that long. But this prophet Jonah, what he does is God tells him, he says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And when he says, I want you to go to Nineveh, I want you to speak to these people and give them a word. But Jonah instead, he begins to say, you know what, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to go to Nineveh. So of all places he gets up, the Bible says, and he goes down to Joppa, he finds a boat, and he goes to Tar- Tarshish. Now what we found is that when we run from God, we run to the strangest places. We run to the weirdest places. Like, what in the world would make you even think, you know, I got a great idea. I'm going to run to the alcohol bottle. Like, think about it. Some of you would run to the strangest places. And I say that because many of you, you grew up in church at least for a little while when you were five years old, six years old, seven years old, and your parents took you to church, right? Some of you, they took you to church. And they told you, okay, Mio, come, okay, Mio, come on, we're going we're gonna to go to church. And you're like, all right, yay. But somewhere along the lines, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, you're like, I don't want to go to church. What are you going to do? I want to go hang out with my friends. But what are your friends doing? I don't know, but whatever they're doing, I just want to go do that. When we run from God, we run to the strangest places. Many times, it's funny. How we, when we run from God, we just don't know where we're running to. When we run to these places, we run, a lot of times we run to these places where they lack wisdom and they even lack truth. In Jonah chapter 3 verse 3 it says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. And when he went down where he found a ship, excuse me, in chapter 1, he found a ship bound for that port. After paying for the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you ever ran away from home when you were a kid? 
You ever do that? Now, th think about this. When you ran away from home, how far did you get? Not, not, really not that far, right? If you're honest, they're like, now I'm talking about when you were like a little kid, like nine years old, ten years old. I, I remember when, when I was a kid and I was uh, about nine years old, I was so mad at my parents. And I, and I remember having an argument with my mom and dad. I, I, honestly, I cannot remember what it was over, but it was probably over something like I want to watch that TV show or, you know, something dumb or I hate these shoes, right? Like, why do, I don't want Velcro. I want the cool shoes, you know. It was just something dumb. But I remember, I remember going, I hate you. And they, they, you know what? Go to your room. So I remember going to my room, and I lived in a one-story at the time, so I opened the window, and I'm, I'm out of here. I went through the window, and I remember I, I walked out, I hate this, and I'm gone. And as I walked, I, rem I distinctly remember this, I got to the end of the block, and I was like, I hate them. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so then I turned around, went right back in the window, got in my, in my room, and just kept on crying. <laughs> Many times, the senselessness of our running cancels out our wisdom. When we run from God, we don't think smart. We don't think right. Many times, actually, like, if we are going to run from God, like, think of it this way. For Jonah, if you're going to run from God, wouldn't it'd be better to run under circumstances that you can control? Like, why are you going to run to a boat? At least do it in a place or in a way that, hey, I can control this way. I can, I can deal with this way. This is what I can do. See, because many times we think more about where we're running from and not enough about where we're running to. I just want to get away from this. Well, what are you going to go do? I don't know, but I just want to get away from here. And so many times, there might be even be some of you here this morning, you have been running from God, and when I ask you where you're running to, you have no idea. All you know is, I'm just running away from God. What are you going to do? I don't know, but all I know is I don't want to do it there. And if we look at the story of Jonah, many times we can find our lives just like Jonah. Where are you going? I don't know, but I just know it's away from here, or it's away from you, or it's away from them. I just want to get away from where God had called me to go. Many times when we see this, we look and we begin to understand there is something in the life of Jonah that I can find myself in. Now, when we look here, there's so many different messages to this book of Jonah. So many different points. Even one of the messages that we will find, even within our lives, is that life doesn't work out how you think. Life doesn't work out how you think. Now, think about this for, for a moment. There's a boat that Jonah gets into. In this boat, there becomes a storm. And in this storm, the prophet of God says, you know what? I just want to end my life. I mean, that's a really, really tough storm where a prophet or a man of God says, you know what? I'm just done with this whole thing. I'm done. I don't want to deal with this at all. Now, what's heavy that I found about this portion of Scripture is that the Bible says that the mariners that were there... They understood something that no one else did. They begin to ask, man, this, somebody's God has got this storm going on. That's what it says. Somebody's got, somebody's got, somebody spiritual has something. Isn't that funny that the pagans were acting spiritual? And that the spiritual man was acting like a pagan? Doesn't happen in our church though, right? That's what was happening. The man of God was acting like a heathen, 
acting like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with that. I just, I'm gone. I don't want to deal with this. And yet the other ones were like, hey, this is a spiritual problem. You know what I noticed? That many times that even the world will recognize, hey, our city is under a spiritual stronghold. We need somebody to act on it. We need somebody to do something about it. And look at what they do. They went to the man of God. Listen, one day, many times, many times it's happened even within this church. They come to us and say, hey, we need your help. We need what you've got. And my prayer is, is that we understand that when the time comes, we're ready to speak the truth. We're ready to give what God has given us. So here in this portion of Scripture, we see that things don't always work out the way that we want them to. I don't know about you, but many times, even within my life, even within my Christianity, even as a man of God, things don't work out the way that I thought. Man, I thought, man, if I go right, it's going to be great. Matter of fact, didn't go according to plan. I want you to know something here this morning. Not everything that you think of will go according to the plan that you felt at the beginning of it. Life doesn't always work out the way that you wanted it to. I, I remember when I was a single man, and when I was single, I said, man, I cannot wait to get married. Oh, man, I can't wait to get It's going to be the greatest. I had all these things in my mind how it was going to be. As a single man, oh, she's going to do this. She's going to do that. She's going to understand. She's going to want to be with me every single moment of the day. How could she not want some of this? I mean, look at all this glory. I mean, now, maybe women, you're laughing, but some of the men, if you're honest, that's how you thought too. Don't think, you thought like, this woman, she's going to know. She's going she's gonna to understand. Got married. I remember on our honeymoon, I made a mistake. I'm not going to lie. I made a mistake. I thought everything was great. We woke up in the morning. It was good. We had breakfast. And I was like, okay, chill. Uh, so it's okay, right? I'm going to go golfing. And this is what I thought. Hey, I was in Hawaii. I'd never golfed in Hawaii. I said, like, I want to go golf. I just started learning how to golf. I was like, yeah. I, I even brought my clubs. And I'll see now, some of you are like, oh, oh, oh. But okay, well, I understand that now. <laughs> but as a single man, you don't think about that. Everything's great. I'm st- Even though I have an understanding of a commitment that I just made a couple days prior, I'm a married man. I, whoa, my God. <laughs> it's the Lord speaking to somebody right now. Shakarada. <laughs> I was married but I still thought like a single so I remember I went golfing that day why because I did everything the way a man thinks is I think of hey that's what you said I didn't learn about what she was really saying I've learned that now but at the time I was like I asked her, hey, can I go golfing? Sure, go ahead. (laughs) Great, I'll see you. (laughs) So I went golfing, and when I came back, I was thinking she was going to be like, so babe, how was your day? Was it great? Did you get a hole in one? Oh, that's so great. Here, I made you dinner. No. Our first day of a honeymoon, man, things didn't go the way that I planned. 
Listen, I want you to know something here this afternoon. Life is not always going to go according to the way that you think. It doesn't go according to the way that, well, it's going to be like this. When I get saved or when I get involved in ministry, when I do, man, when I become a leader, people are going to want, how would they not want me as a leader? Look, I mean, look at my wisdom. Look at my experience. Look what I've been through. I am a leader ready to go. You're thinking like a single man. You're married to Christ, but you're thinking like a single man. You're thinking like a single woman. Life doesn't always go according to the way that you see. Another message that we find here with Jonah is that can you embrace God's best for you even through others? Think about Jonah's mission. Here he is to deliver a word, and that word is basically, within a nutshell, repent. Repent. Somebody say repent. Somebody say repent. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to deliver something that you knew was right, but you knew in the back of your mind the recipient or the person who was going to do it, they weren't going to be able to handle it? So you just thought, well, it's not a big deal anyways. I won't give it to them. When I was younger, I played a lot of baseball. And from when I was 9 years old to 12 years old, I used to play on this one team. And I was the youngest one, because actually you were supposed to be 9 to 12, but I actually started playing with them when I was 8. So when I was 8 years old, I grew up on this team. And at 12 years old, you are kind of what they say, the big man on campus. You're, you're it. I mean, you've been here for a while. You got it. And what's funny is that when you're 12 years old, even though I was a, really, I was a small guy, and I had a lot of guys who were on my team that were much bigger than me, at even 11 years old. But when you're 12, one year is a big difference. Like, no, I'm 12. You're 11. Listen to me. You know, and here I am like two foot two, right? I really, I was really small. I'm not going to lie. I was really small. And I had a guy on my team. He was six foot, but he was 11 years old. So I was like, hey, go get that ball. But when you're 11 and I'm 12, he's like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Because you're 12 years old. So, you know, I know what I'm doing. I've been here. And so I remember when I was 12 years old, I used to be able to throw, you know, pretty hard. And when we were at practice, there was an 11-year-old, and I just thought, yeah, I'm going to show this guy what's up. I'm going to show him what's up. So here I am, little lefty. I was a small kid, still threw pretty hard. Wasn't that big from the mound to the home plate. So I remember I told him, hey, let's go, go behind home plate. Right, we're at practice. Go behind home plate. And in my mind, and actually it came out of my mouth, I was like, see if you could catch this. He's, a, he's, he's just as small as I am. He's 11 years old. I'm 12. We're the same height, but I'm bigger. I'm better. So I remember I'm getting the ball, and I'm throwing it. Wow! Start throwing it hard, and here's this 11-year-old kid, right, who I thought, he can't do it, and he's just like, he's just barely just sticking out his glove. I thought he was, in my mind, he's like, whoa, don't throw it so hard, man. You're 12 years old. <laughs> That's what I thought. Here I am, like, I saw this kid, he's catching it. I was like, all right. So next pitch, come a little harder. He's just looking at me, giving me the thumbs up, like, hey, good job. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, man. Here I go again, one more time. Oh, that's it. That, now I was like, oh, okay. I, I was just like, oh, I was just playing with you. I was just playing with you. Okay, get down now. Get down, get down, get down. So now here he is. Now he gets down. Right, he's there, and I'm like, okay, that's it, man. This guy, he's trying to make a fool of me. I'm 12 years old. So now I just wind up. Boom. Good job, man. I'm like, oh, that's it, man. 
I just felt like I wanted to sock this guy, but he was just two inches taller than me, so I was like, no, I can't do that, you know. I, I, want, I wanted to do, because I thought there's no way that he can handle what I got. There is just no way that he can take what I'm about to give. That's exactly how Jonah thought about Nineveh. They can't handle what I give them, so it's useless anyways. They don't know. They don't understand, and they can't do it. But the thing is, it flipped around on them. So Jonah went, and he said, hey, repent. But in his mind, he's like, hey, they ain't going to repent. What's the big deal? So what really happens? Jonah goes, repent. And the whole city goes, okay. And in Jonah's mind, he's like, wait, wait, you're not supposed to do that. Like, why are you doing that? Matter of fact, when you read it, the, the book of Jonah says that all the city, including the animals, repented. It's crazy, huh? Can you imagine that you speak a word of destruction and saying that God is going to destroy you? God is going to just wipe you off if you don't get right? You're going you're, you're gonna to be destroyed in 40 days. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I need to repent. Even the dogs are like, It's what it says. I'm not making it up. It's what it says. Even the animals repented. But Jonah, and Jonah's mind is like, wait, you're not supposed to repent. I'm giving you a word of destruction. I'm giving you, I'm letting you know that God, he's going to smite you. Like, you're not supposed to be able to handle that. So in Jonah's mind, that was not supposed to happen. Yet, this is what God had to teach Jonah. God had to teach him and show him, listen, can you embrace my best for you through others? Can you understand that my grace is sufficient for everyone, not just you? Can you grab a hold of that? Can you understand what I am doing through your life, even through others' lives? It was very difficult. Uh, even as I was studying this portion of Scripture, one of the first persons that came to my mind even was Pastor Darrell. And one of these days, I'm going to have him and his wife, they're gonna, I want them to share about what they went through, even with their daughter. That's a he- I mean, that's a heavy, heavy, heavy testimony that even they're still living to this day, and they're working through even t- still to this day. But I was thinking about that as I was going through this message, and I thought about Pastor Darrell. Because when Pastor Darrell went out there to the Philippines, and he was out there as a single man, but then when he went to the Philippines, he got married. Hallelujah. Some of you need to go to the Philippines. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But when he went out there, he was just like, I just want to do whatever God wants. And boom, he went out there. And I'll never forget the phone call that he gave to my father. He says, Pastor, there's something wrong with my daughter. What's wrong? What's wrong with with your daughter? Well, uh, doctors are saying, and it's just a heavy testimony. I don't want to give it away, but I'll have him share it when they get a chance. The doctor's just giving a total, total negative report. Totally, it's never going to happen. Matter of fact, she wasn't even supposed to live. Just all these different things. She's never going to walk. It's never going to happen. Going to have all these different things. Never going to be able to speak. Uh, All these different things of of their daughter. And you would think, oh my gosh, what is going on here? But when all of a sudden, and and he'll tell you, he'll, he'll let, I want him to really share it. But about how God's grace and God's mercy and God's love came over their life. And said, listen to me, Daryl. Listen to me, Jonah. I still love you. Can you understand my best for your life even when everyone else, everything else isn't going according to plan? Even when not everything is going according to the way that you thought, can you still understand that my will is still best for you? 
Listen to me here this morning. I want you to know something. Even the things that you're going through, you think, this cannot be. I don't understand that. This cannot be God's best. Listen, my friend, it's God's best for your life. His grace and his mercy, they're sufficient. Listen, we cannot control every situation that we go through. But my friend, we can allow God's will and God's love and God's mercy to control us. But we say, God, I want you to be first in my life. No matter what's around me, I know that you are inside of me. Listen to me here this morning. I want you to know something. God loves you. He's got a plan perfectly for you. And it took a while for Jonah to even realize this. Another message that Jonah began to understand is that I want you to know something. Has God ever told you to do something and you do the exact opposite? This is the message that was told to Jonah. Go do this. All right, I'm going to go do that. No, 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 no. Go do this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go do that. No, no, no. Get away from there. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go over there. Have you ever tried to do something and you do the exact opposite? Or God tried to tell you to do something and you do the exact opposite? That's what happened here with Jonah. God told him, go over here. And he said, well, I, I kind of feel like this is a little bit better. Three times in the book of Jonah, it says this, and this is what got me. Well, you're going to get something here. This really got me. It says, Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. As I began to read this, another translation says, Jonah ran from the face of the Lord. Jonah ran from the face of the Lord. So I began to study. I said, man, okay, where's this at? The face of the Lord. And I began to look at it. You know the, the, the term face of the Lord is a marriage term. It's a marriage term. In other words, it has to do with uh, as one lover to another lover, they turn the face and they lock eyes, which in turn lock hearts. So imagine, if you will, like, my lover. And you, you know when you get married, right, you, you're, kind of, you're facing the priest at first. That's what you're doing. You're facing the priest. But then the priest will then say, and now turn to each other, right? <laughs> I know I'm embarrassing you. <laughs> the face of my lover. What that term face means, it means to lock eyes and lock hearts with the lover. When the Bible says that Jonah ran, he ran from his love. He ran from his first love. He went away from God wanting to lock hearts and lock eyes, lock wheels with him. So when Jonah ran, he ran away from the love of God. See, some of you here this morning, you could be running from the love of God. You could be running from what God has been trying to give you this whole time. He hasn't been trying to give you just something in the physical. He's trying to give you something in the spiritual. Even in Psalms chapter 139, this is what I like. And this really got me because possibly, quite possibly, when it comes to this understanding, Jonah might have even read this portion of Scripture before. He could have. I don't know. He might have heard the stories that have been passed down from David. Psalms chapter 139, verses 1 it says like this, it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Now, that's a marriage term, to know. That, that's what that is. It's, it's a knowledge, getting to know. Because that, that's actually uh, when uh, the Bible says Adam and Eve, and Adam knew Eve. That means he laid with her. They got to know each other. So this portion of Scripture here is even talking about you know me. In other words, there's an intimacy there. 
You know me, Lord. Look at this. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Now, look at, look, just really quick. If you were to read this and you didn't think it was scripture, I was reading it going, man, this guy is a stalker. You know when I wake up and when I go to bed? Like, to me, that's like, there's a guy with binoculars looking in my house. Like, that's crazy. You know everything about me? I mean, look at this. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Don't marry couples. They try to say that. Oh, we love each other so much. We try to finish each other's sentences. <laughs> right? Oh, we, because we know each other. Look at this. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Okay, just right there alone, that is one stalker husband. And I can't go anywhere without you being there. Jonah ran from that love. He took off from that. And what's funny about it is that when he took off from that, he took off in a way that was very interesting. Now, he took off, the Bible says, and he went down to Joppa and to Tarshish. Somebody say Joppa and say Tarshish. You guys all just spoke Greek right now. Good job. As I began to study this, I said, why Joppa and why Tarshish? The Greek name Joppa is a Hebrew name, Jafo, and Jafo comes from the verb beautiful or beauty. Tarshish was known for its wealth and its merchant fleet, and it meant riches. So Jonah runs from God's mission in order to pursue beauty and riches. These are two places where a lot of times, where even us, if we were to look at ourselves in the Bible, we will find, yeah, that's probably me, myself. We look, and matter of fact, every day of our life, don't we try to pursue beauty and riches? Many times, we try to look good. But I want to ask you this question. Who are you looking good for? Who are you trying to look good for? Oh, for it. well, it's my husband. Oh, it's my wife. Now, for those of you that are single, you really have to answer, ask yourself that question. Who are you trying to look good for? Who are you trying to? Because you got to make sure. Jonah, this is exactly what he did. Matter of fact, even Jesus was telling everybody this same exact thing. Mark chapter 4, look at this here. Mark chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and when he was scattering seed, some fell along, uh, fell along the path. And verse 5 says, Some fell along the rocky places. But in verse 7 it says, Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still others, in verse 18, like seed sown among the thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come and choke in, making it unfruitful. You know what the word here that Jesus is talking about? He says, they worry. You know what the word worry means? Worry means to be here, but you're not here. To be here, but you're not here. In other words, when some of you guys came here this morning, and we came to Worship the Lord and, and the, the worship leaders and the worship team, they're like, come on, let's worship God. But in your mind, you're like, oh, man, I wonder if I'm going to eat after this. This is not what I wanted to wear. I should have wore another shirt, huh? I probably should have. Yeah, that's it. I should have done that. 
The worries of this world take away your worship for your Savior. They choke out. They hear the word, but it chokes. It grabs a hold. The word choke means to encompass or engulf yourself around. It doesn't let go. Listen to me. Some of you here this morning, you've got so much worry upon your mind. I, I, I don't know if, you, if, th if this has ever happened to you before, but you ever been in a room and somebody asks you a question and you go, oh, wait, 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 what was that again? Because your mind is somewhere else. You're thinking about something else. The word falls on good soil, but you're like, oh, man, but I wonder and, and I worry and, and what about this and what about that? See, some of you right now, you even have in your mind, even while I'm speaking, you're still thinking about, man, I was just at the hospital and the doctor told me bad news. It's never going to happen. It's never going to work. Listen, you came to the greatest hospital of all time with the greatest physician of all time. He has the greatest record that I've ever heard of in my life. But yet still, like, oh, well, the doctor told me this, and well, the doctor told me that. The worries of this world will choke the word that has been given to you. Jonah ran, and he began to worry. Some of you right now, you're in a state of worry. And you are worrying so much, and that worry is taking away the word. The word is what brings life. The word is what brings understanding. The word is what brings that encouragement that you need. It's the word. And I want to challenge you here this morning. Jonah, he began to run to places. He began to run to places that he knew he should not have been. I want to challenge you here this morning, my friend. Listen, my friend, if you are worrying so much about what the world can offer you, it's going to be very difficult to take in the offer that God wants to give you. God wants to give you healing. Some of you right now, you need a healing. You have to get this. It's, it's almost like, man, I don't want to go anywhere outside of this room unless you're going to heal me, God. Some of you right now, you have friends and family. They need a healing badly, desperately. They need it. But I want to challenge you. Don't let the worries of this world take away the word that God wants to give you. But we worry about this and we, we worry about that. This is what Jonah found himself in. And the worries caused Jonah to run. The Bible says that uh, God told him to go to Nineveh. But, in, but rather, he wanted to pursue the beauty and the wealth. Joppa and even Tarshish. That was like, come to a close here this morning. We begin to find here with Jonah why he ran. That even many times, even within ourselves, why do we run? Number one, we run because we'd rather pursue beauty and wealth. They did a poll, and they asked uh, many people who were on their deathbed, and they asked them, they said, what are some of the regrets that you have? Very, 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 very small percentage. Any of them ever said anything about, man, I wish I still had that nice car. Man, I still wish I would have went and made that business deal. I mean, very, it was like a, I think it was less than a percentage of anything that ever, uh, and this was done over a poll uh, of over 2,000 people that were getting ready to go meet their creator. Very, very few of them. You know what the majority of them said? I wish I spent more time with my family, and I wish I pursued my creator. That's what I, they wish they did. Now, these are people that have the opportunity to take a poll. There are some people, they don't have this opportunity. They don't get this opportunity. They find themselves in a car crash, boom. They ain't taking no poll. They find, they find themselves young with a deadly disease, not going to happen. They ain't taking no poll. 
Some of you here this morning, you think, I got my whole life ahead of me. You never know. You never know. Jonah, he didn't know either. He didn't know what he was doing, but he began to pursue beauty and riches. I want you to know something here this morning. Beauty and riches will only last you for so long. It'll only last you for so long. Matter of fact, if you think about it, tomorrow you're going to go to work for what? You go to work so you can make money, so you can keep the house that takes money, so you can keep the car that takes money, so you can put food on the table that takes money, so you go to work to make money. And you keep going, and you do that every day of your life. The pursuit, the worries of this world choke out the word that God has given you. Now listen to me, I, I understand fully that, listen, you, you go to work, you, you got to provide and things of that nature. Be the provider, but listen, my friend, don't let the worries of this world take out the word that God has given you. It can happen. Also, no, 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 I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to make this. And you will find many times, just like these men and these women, they say, man, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. Listen to me, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it again. I believe it wholeheartedly within my life, uh, within my heart, within my mind. Uh, you know what it's a whole lot better to do? It's a whole lot better to date your wife than divorce your wife. A lot cheaper, too. <laughs> they think, oh, man, listen, my friend. If you have to, and I say that with this. Here's the context of that saying. I say that with this. If you have to, you take a day off work, and you tell your boss, I'm taking off work today. Oh, if you, if you quit today, you're fired. Good. I'd rather be fired from this job than fired from my marriage. Be, see, but sometimes we think the other way around. No, I have to work. What for? So you could lose your marriage? No, 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 no. You don't understand. No, you're not understanding. You're missing the word that God has given you. You have to, and believe me, my father understood this. He, he talks about it in his message called baseball. He talks about it. He said, hey, hey, sometimes just go ahead and quit that because it's a whole lot better than quitting your marriage. Sometimes we run after beauty and riches, obtaining for me, rather than understanding, no, I don't want to live for me, but I want to live for others. The second thing that we run from, many times is, just like Jonah, we run because it's simply out of rebellion. Simply out of rebellion. When I was growing up, that's the majority of things that I did was simply out of rebellion. My parents said, I wouldn't do that. Guess what I did? That. And a lot of times I did it just because they said, don't do it. My very first girlfriend that I ever got was because my dad said he didn't like her. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. He said, because I remember I was, I was, you know, I wanted to confide in my dad and, you know, kind of, you know, thing. I was like, dad, so, so what do you think? I was nice at first, right? I was like real nice. Hey, dad, so, so what do you think? You know, she's, she's kind of cute and, you know, kind of, and my dad, you know, being, my father, who he is, he'd go, oh, her? And he goes, yeah, she's not good for you. I don't like her. And right away, I don't know what it was. but it was just, I, I was nice at first, but all of a sudden when he said that, I was like, really? All right. Next day, guess who my girlfriend was? That girl. I didn't even like her. I didn't even really like her. But because my dad was like, I wouldn't do that, well, guess what I did? That. Some of you, you talk to God and you ask God. It's kind of scary when you ask God questions, huh? God, what do you think? I wouldn't do that. 
Really? Okay. And all of a sudden, just this rebellious spirit comes upon it. All right, fine. You think it, it's because you think I can't make it, huh? You think I can't do it. You think that I still can't go here and do this at the same time? Well, I'm going to show you. Why? Oh, my leader thinks I can't. Well, I'm going to show him. Well, I'm going to show her. And many times we run for God simply at a rebellion because we think, oh, people think I can't do it. Watch, I'm going to show them. Listen, my friend, rebellion is a scary way to live. It's a very scary way to live. The third reason and the last reason here why we run, and as she comes to the piano here this morning, is that because we feel that we're going to miss out. We feel like we're going to miss out. Many times people confuse life with God and God with life. Listen to me. Now, I say that because of this. We confuse God with life because when life is good, God is good. When life is bad, God is bad. Like, wait, hold on. That, that's actually not the case at all. God is always good. We're the ones that when we perceive things and when we see things and when we go through things, we think, oh, man, my, I'm going all through hell. Then, you know, God must see he, he wants me in, in hell. But many times we're actually we're the ones that put ourselves in hell. We put ourselves in this position many times, just like Jonah, who found himself in a position, said, man, why is this happening to me? Well, it's because you got on the boat. You're the one that got, matter of fact, you not only got on the boat, you paid for the boat. You actually paid to lose your dignity. You did that. That was on you. And so many times, this is what we'll find. Jonah ran from Nineveh. You know what Nineveh represented to him? Nineveh represented darkness. It was darkness. No, we can't go there. Israel, this is where I'm supposed to be. Let me be a prophet to Israel. Let me go here. I can't go there. You know what he had to find out? is that God was not only here, God was also there. He had to realize that everywhere God sent him, the light was going to be shined. Everywhere he went. See, that's what Yom Kippur is about. Yom Kippur is that God is not just here, God is also here. God is not just when you're, when you're going through the good times, God is also there in the bad times. No, he can't be. You don't understand. I was just at the hospital, and the doctor gave me bad news. God can't be there. No, God is there too. Wait, this, this can't be. I, I don't understand this. I, I don't get this. This doesn't make any sense. If something bad is around me, that must be the devil, right? No. Not, not necessarily. But it takes a relearning of God's love to fully understand what it is and who God is in our lives. Listen to me here this morning, and I close with this. This is very important. The life of Jonah is to show us something different that we haven't normally been used to. Wait a second. This can't be. How could God use them? Why would God cho choose me to go speak to them? If you were here last week, Nineveh was just like our modern-day Taliban or the ISIS, the things that they did. So imagine going and speaking to ISIS that God is going to destroy them. And then the moment he gives them the word, God gives them grace and mercy. Many of us right now, we say, no, 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 ISIS, kill them all. Get a nuclear weapon and just, Phew. but imagine God saying, no, 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 no nuclear weapon. I want you to go deliver a word. Okay, I'll go deliver the word. But after I deliver the word, make sure that they all go to hell. But God says, no, 
I'm actually going to save them. Wait, how, how can you save them? They kill people for a living. Like that's their everyday purpose in their life. And God says, no, I'm going to save them. I'm going to redeem them. And Jonah, that was so hard for him to understand. That even your enemy, that you just think like, you know what, I, I want them to get a flat tire. I want them to lose all their money. I want their house to crumble. I, just, I hope this happens bad to them. God says, no, I'm actually going to redeem them. I'm going to love them. See, what you and I have to understand that God's love is not your love. God's love is an unconditional love. This is exactly what God was trying to teach Jonah and that God is even trying to teach us. See, here this morning, I want to ask you, where is your Joppa? Where's your Tarshish? Where do you try to run? That every time something uh, where, where God tries to get, grab a hold of you and God tries to speak to you, you say, oh, you know what, I can't take this. See, some of you, you don't run to a bottle no more, but you do run to a bottle called anger. You run to a bottle called jealousy. You run to a bottle called envis, envy. And it's bottled up, but the moment it gets uncorked, it just comes out. I don't know how this happens, why this happens. Because you got to deal with these things. See, Jonah didn't want to deal with it. Jonah just said, no, there's just no way. And God says, once you find me, you will find that I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Some of you here this morning, I believe that you are going to experience God's best for your marriage, God's best for your finances, God's best for your children, God's best for your job, God's best for your car, for your house, God's best for everything around you. When you begin to embrace God's call upon your life. See, some of you here this morning, you might have been running. My prayer is that you would stop running. Stop running from the grace of God, from the love of God. And when I talk about running, I'm not talking about this feet. I'm talking about this heart. And if that's you here this morning, my prayer is that you're just going to get off that spiritual treadmill and say, okay, God, here, you take it. Not my will, but your will be done. I can't control every circumstance. I can't control every driver when I'm in traffic. I, I can't control my boss. I can't control my coworker. I can't control my mom or my dad. I can't control the circum circumstances of what the doctor says. I can't control it, but God, I want you to take full control. That's my prayer here this morning. That no matter what you're going through, and no matter what you're feeling, you say, God, I want you to take full control of my life. Bow your heads with me here this morning. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would touch the hearts and minds, the bodies and souls, Lord God, of the men and women that are here. Lord, let your spirit take full control. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning, and there might be some of you here and maybe you've been running, running in the spiritual sense, not the physical, but in the spiritual sense. You might have been running from the call of God, just like Jonah said, I've called you my son, I've called you my daughter. And God is telling you, and he's been knocking at the door of your heart, but you've been saying, no, no, not, not right now, God, I, I, I got this. Not right now, Lord, I, I, I'm good. When things go bad, I'll come back to you, but right now I'm good. But right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're here and you're recognizing, you're saying, you know what, I don't want to run from God anymore. 
I want to allow God to be first in my life. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to begin to sing a song. And as we begin to sing this song, if that's you here this morning, you could have been saved for 10 days or 10 years, but you are ready here right now. Jonah was a prophet of God. He, he had already done a few words, and he had already accomplished many missions for God. But nevertheless, he still found himself running from God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're here this morning, and you're saying, you know what? I'm tired of running. I just want to grab a hold, and I want God to grab a hold of me. And I want him to be number one in my life. I don't want to pursue anything that is not God's will. I want my job to be God's will. I want my marriage to be God's will. My finances to be God's will. I want every part of my being to be God's will in my life. And if that's you here this morning, I want you to just slip out of your seat. I want you to come to this altar, and I want to pray with you here this morning. Come on, stand with me. Everyone else, stand with me here this morning. Just stand with me. And as we sing this song, slip out of your seat right now. Come to this altar.